This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds. Great to have you with us today on this Thursday. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3. The fan joined by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig. How are you, my friend? I am very good, Gavin. How's it going with you? It's, you know, all right, so let me ask you this. At this point of the NHL season as a former player, did the legs get tired or did they get fired up knowing that the playoffs are right around the corner? Um, I would say, especially where, where if you're the Dallas Stars or Colorado or Minnesota, um, there's no excuses for not being at uh, at your highest level. Uh, you know, I mean, there there's nothing in stone. You don't want to typically. You would love to finish first in your you know in your division. You don't want to start on the road. So, I think if you're the Boston Bruins, um, that. I think as a coach, that's a little bit more challenging, even though then that always goes down to your, your core group of guys. Um, you know, um, but I think when there's something on the line every single day, it, it shouldn't be that hard to motivate your players. And I think that, you know, typically by now, you know, exactly what your team is, you know, who your players are. And I, I'm sure there's some coaches, um, Rick Bonus being one, maybe in Winnipeg, that's concerned where his his team is at. Um, Paul Maurice in Florida, uh, you know, some of those teams that they expected a lot, and uh, with Winnipeg kind of sat near the top of the standings for a good portion of the year. Now they're teetering on not making the playoffs. There's there's a little bit more concern. Uh, same from the players, you know. But I think uh, when you're in the hunt, uh, it, it's just it's just another day uh, of working and you know trying to get yourselves in a good spot for for the start of uh, playoffs. So Minnesota goes into Colorado last night, massive win for the Wild, and they just continue to roll. Uh, they're on top of the Central Division, three points up on uh, Colorado as well as the uh, Stars. Uh, stars technically move into second place, but clearly Saturday night's game against um, the Avalanche will be, you know, I don't want to say the difference maker, but will have a great impact on who finishes second, who finishes third, or who finishes first. Um, but I wanted to ask you, because I talked to Joe O'Donnell, the voice of the Wild, the other day, and we were talking about what was making the Wild so special, and you have a relationship with Billy Guerin. He's done a great job there as GM, just kind of rebuilding the team, what he thinks is the right way to go. And they're doing this with Kaprizov. In your career, was there ever a time where 
one of your top scorers or a star on the team went out, everyone steps up, playing well, and how tough is it for that person to get? I'm not saying that they won't be back. You know, obviously Kaprizov gets inserted right in, but does it change the roles? Uh, I, I don't think <clears throat> that's the one thing you don't want is want players to step outside of who they are. I mean, I think when when that happens, guys may tend to do a little bit too much and, and try a little too hard. Um, I think that's the the beauty of of having a team. And I mean, you mentioned Billy. Um, you just look at Billy Garen has pieced his team together very similar to a lot of the teams that that uh, you know and how I was used to being part of. Montreal, Dallas, um, Billy being part of some Stanley Cup winners too. There's a difference in the regular season and the playoffs. And I've never understood, and we've talked about this, how teams don't want to play your 82 games the same way you're going to play game 83 when you get to playoffs. And so what Billy has done is, I mean, you could see, I mean, one of his moves early was to bring in uh, defenseman Middleton, um, then he goes out and gets Ryan Reeves, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so, and I, I'll tell you what, the Kaprizov injury I mean, this team hasn't lost a regulation game in 21 games. I know it's but, amazing. Well, they're <clears throat> you know, they but but the, the Kaprizov thing, I, I would imagine <clears throat> everybody in Minnesota, um, inside the organization, um, we're going, uh oh. And because prior to that, the only guy that was scoring from Minnesota was Kaprizov. And when that guy goes down, you're going, hmm, all the moves, all the direction that we're trying to move this thing into the playoffs, now we got a scratch and claw. But what happened, and I'm sure, you know, and again, I, I think if you're the coaching staff, if you're especially Billy Guerin, your, your answer is going to be, oh, I knew our guys could step up. Well, I don't know if you, you know, now they'd be easy to say that. But the good news is, they've done all of this without their best player in the lineup. And so your only fear I would say is because they were leaning on him so much yep. for the, the majority of the, the whole season prior to him getting hurt. The only fear is like Kirill's back. All right. You know, and, and that's now, and, and I'll promise you that there's internal conversations about this going on. Like whenever he's going to be back in the lineup, this is only going to make us a better team. We stay on the track that we're on. Now we, we insert or reinsert our, our biggest weapon and we should be this much better. <clears throat> you know, we should be, instead of being a 18 to one favorite to win the cup or whatever they may be, that would, that should just catapult them up. And, and, the, and it doesn't really matter what's being said on the outside of the room. It, it's how everybody thinks on inside the room. And that's all they really care. And I, I'm going to tell you with, with guys like like Garen and, and Dean Evanson, and and I don't know if you got to watch that whole game last night or you did, but that that's a regular season game. Yeah, they're all important at this time of the year, but but Dino Dean Evanson, the head coach of the Wild, looked like he just won the the, the yeah. third round going to the finals. That just shows you the fire that him and his coaching staff and how they feel about this team right now. So everything's on track for for the wild. So, um, they feel good about themselves. And, um, but you know, it's funny. I, I had Mo, I had Mike Madonna on the podcast yesterday and we were talking about, I kind of finished it asking him about Kaprizov and he's just, you know, he's got so many great things and coming from a guy like Madonna talking about another player. 
uh, like Kirill, <clears throat> you, you know it's genuine, and you know the guy's legit. I, and we all know he's legit, but but um, y- you know, it, it, I don't know if it could happen at a better time for this team. And and you know, being this close to playoffs, is this not going to be like a trade deadline blockbuster deal? Well, that's that- interesting you mentioned that because at the trade deadline they picked up Gustav Nyquist, who might be available for the playoffs, and that's another interesting insertion. Well, it's I'm I'm I think you know let's let's look close to home. I mean, Jim Neal has done some of the similar things. I mean, I mean, you look at some of the the subtle moves that he that he picked up, and, I, yeah. and I'll I'll start with you know Colin Miller. I really like what Colin Miller. I'm not going to say he's a top two defenseman, but I like what he brings to the table. Yeah. Um, when they went out and got Luke Glendening, you know what he brings to the table. Um, Marchment, you know, I I know he hasn't had the offensive year and a couple of injuries here and there, but but I I think that. When Jim picked up the guys that he did for for the Stars team, he had in mind, I'm making a certain team for the playoffs. You know, we're a good team. I'm going to add some things on the fringe. And that's why, you know, you get to the trade deadline. And we talked about that. You know, like, you know, to add Max, I mean, I think it's a good move. And the thing is, it's like Max Domi, there's a reason he's been on, I don't what is it, five or six teams yeah, now? five teams. Short- Right. I mean, he, he looked great in game one. Yeah. I mean, he looked great and he still, he still is. And it's just, it's the fact of him, you know, continuing to be that guy because if he can and Marshman gets back and, but what, what, what I think these GMs are doing is they're going, okay, now it's time to tweak and add a piece here and a piece there. That's going to help us when we get to, you need glue guys. When you get to the playoffs, you have your top guys, you got Joe and Hence and, you know, I mean, and Robo, you have those guys, but it's a different game. And sometimes those glue guys send a message and drag the 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 high end guys into the fight because it's not playoffs aren't where you just kind of tap dance through through you know seven games in fourteen days, and and you got to be able to watch some of these kind of guys dig in and play and and leave everything out there every game. And there's things that you have to fight through. Things are going to get tougher on your top players. They always do, and and the ones that that can can fight through all that generally they're the ones that they'll be part of the group that wins that that particular round hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, Dodonov's been special. And I don't know if it was because he bit in Pete DeBoer's system prior, but uh, that line of Johnston, Ben, and Dodonov has been really, really good. Uh, well, don't don't, under, don't underestimate how much Jamie Ben drives that line. And yeah, I know true. he's not the, the fastest guy on there. Dodonov is a... You know, again, Dodonov to me will be a guy. Let's see what he does in the playoffs because yeah. it's over the course of those fourteen days I speak about. Teams get dialed in on certain players, and they know how to. They they'll they'll be they'll be coaches. They'll be meetings, and they'll talk about key players from from their opponent. And this is how we push them out of the fight. We're right. going to push them out of the game. We're going to make them non-existent, or it's going to be difficult for them to do what they want. The, the the case in Dodonov may be though he may just want to prove that that he is a lot better than the the you know I mean he's he's been 
man, that poor kid. I mean, well, he's not a kid. He's 30 some years old, but, yeah. but you know, he had the thing that happened in Vegas and, you know, all this other kind of stuff where he's getting shuffled off and shuffled off and shuffled off. And, and, and maybe that's just enough to, to, for him to fight through a, a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, wanted to ask you, you know, stars clearly in control against the Blackhawks the other night, time winding oh, that down. Was, that was hard to watch. The Ty Delandria fight? No, oh, the no, game. No. Yeah, I thought. I mean, oh my god. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you look at the score, and you, I guess on the surface you say Stars handled the business. I thought they did not play well in that first period. But uh, those are hard games to play. In yeah, too. and that's what I, I wanted you, to you ask just, you. Tell, tell me about. Tell bad. me about how. Why is it hard to play in those situations? Well, because everybody knows the situation that Chicago's in. I mean, they're Chicago's in the race for Connor Bedard. That's the only trophy they're trying to win right now. And, you know, and, and Columbus and, you know, there's three, four teams that are in that race and, and they're, they're trying to change their image in Chicago and they're trying to change a lot of things. And, and, you know, they're, they, Jonathan Tays, I mean, now it's, you know, is, is he done there now too, which that's what it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they're two pillars are out of the lineup in Kane Tays. There's nothing left there. And um, I mean, I look at that goal. I was sitting, I look at Staylock and, it was about two weeks ago. I'm sitting with our our goalie coach, Billy Pye, for you know, for the Dallas Stars Elite Kids program and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy shit, Billy, look at look at who is who do they got in that? I mean, he's flopping around and all this other stuff. And Staylock to me was a good goalie. I'm I'm like, okay, this is just a product of what's going on in front of him because he doesn't even look put together at times. So but but I think you you come in those are hard, those are some of the hardest games to play in. When you know what's going on, you're in a playoff push, and you talk to yourselves. It it doesn't matter what that jersey looks like. It doesn't matter what city we're in. We're gonna play our game. We're 15 games. We're 10 games. We're eight games from you know being playoff ready. We play our game. But the, trust me, there's something in your head when you every player goes in. They grab a stats pack. They go through all the stats. They read it. I mean, you got two and a half hours for a game. You got to kill time somehow. I I didn't go about it that way. I just get I get more nervous and scared when I looked up line at the other teams that I'd have to be on the ice against some of these guys. But but the they all know and they're going, who's this guy? Who's that guy? Who's this guy? And then they start reading. Okay, well he just got called up a few days ago. You know what I mean? It, it, it's that kind of stuff. It's very different than going in and and playing against Crosby and Malkin and and you know, Tarasenko and, and all these kind of guys. Yep. So, uh, but again, the coaches will always tell you it's about our game. That's how they try to sell it. They got to find, and they coaches know it like, man, what are we going to get tonight? You know, they know that they can give a 75% effort and, and win this hockey game. But then you got to say, listen, this is about where we're getting, trying to get to, and we're going to be playing our best hockey when game 83 comes around. So they're, they're tough games to plan, but man, that, that was a, that's a hard game to watch yeah. uh, for me. And I, as a matter of fact, I think I turned it off. Just <laughs> I turned the channel to a different game just into the third period. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame Chicago. I mean, they got good draft assets. And at the same time, I mean, everything I've seen from Connor Bedard, I think that's definitely worth tanking for the best lottery chances. So, um, but I wanted to ask you about the Ty Delandria fight at the end as a person who's dropped the mitts before. We don't know what happened on the ice, but. Clearly, Delandria wanted that fight, and I wanted to ask you because you know he left the ice with a bloody nose. Is that in the best interest of the stars? How does that affect him in the room? Um, or is this simply we don't know what happened, so we can't judge at this point? Because 
I would a vet have taken that fight? It, it, it's tied to Landria. That's part of what we call, uh, you know, again, back to our players here, the younger kids for any, any group, we have things called calling cards. And we ask a, we ask a player to put three things that you bring to the team. What do you bring to the game every single night? Who are you? And it doesn't mean they're always going to be right. And we may want to change one thing or not, or add something to it. But, and then at the end of the game, we want them to pull that card out, look at it, did you accomplish, did you do all those things? Did you do two of those things? Did you do one of them? Did you do all three? Because if you didn't all three, you didn't bring your best part to the game. That's tied to Landria. Regardless of when, why, who you're playing against, that is part of who tied to Landria is. He's not going to guy go out and fight. Again, I've, I've used a comparison, and it's probably unfair to him this early in his career, to Brendan Morrill. And, you know, Brendan Morrill only knew one way to play. It didn't matter who you were playing. It didn't matter the score. It didn't matter the period. It, it was, you know, you're, he's on he's on go the whole game. And that's all you can ask from a player. So um, he, he's a tough kid. I think we've seen that. Um, he brings the energy every night. He's not afraid to go to the front of the net. He digs in. When you play against a player like Delandria, you take note. You know, as an opponent, what you're going to get from that kind of a player every night. I mean, he's accountable and he knows that that is, you know, like I said, he may get in one fight every 10 games or eight games, but you always know he's ready to go if he has to. And he'll stand up for a teammate, uh, for himself. And, you know, and again, that, that sometimes in games, those things happen early when your team's not going. Sometimes in games, it happens when you go, hey, we got another game coming up and we're not playing the right way. I'm not getting in his head. I don't know what he was, you know, what what happened there. But I think you just appreciate it. All you can do is appreciate that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Was there a player that was like a Delandria or like one of the Kachuk sons that you were like, all right, this guy's going to be a pain in the neck on the ice tonight? Well, you mean that I played with? Yeah. Or in general, I mean, you you mentioned one earlier. I never played one, but Bill Guerin. That I mean, that was Bill Guerin. Yeah, that's the way Billy Guerin played. And that see, you know, a lot of GMs kind of they build their teams and they take on their personality. And and why not with what Guerin's doing because he's won Stanley Cups the way that he played. Teams went out and got him because of the way he played. Um, but you know, again, I Brendan Morrow is the the closest guy that I can come up with. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, because that can I can name Shane Churla and I can name right. Chris Nyland. I can name a bunch of those guys, but were they 20, 25 or potentially 20, 25 goal scorers? Yeah. No, but it was a different era and everybody kind of had a different kind of a role. You know, I mean Well, I know Pat, he didn't have big energy, but what about Doug Waite? Doug Waite as a fighter? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, as one of those guys. I mean, you talk about Bill Guerin, and, uh, you know, if we focus on net presence, I just always felt as though Doug Waite was like a immovable object in front of the net. Who did you try to talk me? You, you met somebody up last week, too, that I thought you were <laughs> I'm just to. bringing up names. Do you not <laughs> want me to bring up names? I won't bring it. All right, back to Bill Guerin. Back to, well, Doug, back to Doug Brendan Morrill. I'm not, just saying. Yeah. He wasn't, he, I was kind of looking of a, I thought you were going to come up with a Brendan Morrow type of player. A Dougie Wade. Okay. Probably, I Dougie mean, Wade was a very, he's a skilled, he loved to score goals. He Jordan Tutu. How about that? Oh, for crying out loud. What? He was, a, he was an energetic player that liked I to know, muck it up. A 30 goal scorer. I'm just <sighs> saying, I'm looking at players that, that pay the price in front of the net. They'll fight for their teammates. They'll fight for themselves. They understand 
that the game is going sideways and and they'll go fight just to kind of you know change the momentum and the tone of tone of your own team. That okay. that wasn't really Doug Wade and Jordan Tutu. God bless that guy. I mean he he there was nobody he was afraid of, but I don't put him in the category of a twenty to thirty goal scorer. You know at the okay. time. I will no longer so, bring up examples on this maybe podcast. Now, be, between now and, and next week, or God forbid, I answer the phone next week and we have to do this again. You'll come up with a better. You'll come up with a better example for whatever you're talking about. Antoine Roussel. Okay, not, not no, a tw- not a twenty twenty five goal scorer, but did okay, like to but, get. But but the problem that I have with Roos, and I've talked to him about this stuff, is it got it got a little out of control at times. There were times at the end of a game that, and this is speaking of a if you were a teammate, like there were times at the end of the at the end of games, and games are out of they're out. Of, you're down by four goals or a minute to go in the game, and you want to take a ten minute penalty. You know, just yeah. to pad the stats on that side of things. So that's the only downside I've had of Roos. Because I, I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to be a fifteen to twenty goal scorer. Right. But it it it, it ends up being you know a gimmick. Well, who's the guy that we had here that was jumping around in front of Brodeur? Um, Sean Avery. I, oh, geez. I mean yeah. that that guy. I mean. That that could have been that was Hully, I think, that wanted to bring him. Yeah, in, because so. they lived together uh, when yeah. Avery was a rookie in Detroit. <clears throat> yeah, he should have put him out in the cold and at about three o'clock <laughs> in the morning when he was living. He, he was good for the L.A. Kings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a, he, Wayne Simmons, he, he, that's a good one. Wayne Simmons. Okay, that there you go. There, that's a good one. Thank Wayne you. Simmons. Took and, me and seven tries. Day, yes, yeah. That that's a very good comparison. Yes, you know. And, and the thing is, is Wayne looks like a, a big guy. He is a big guy. He's a strong guy, but actually he's not that big of a guy. He's big and wiry, but he'll fight anybody. He, he'll change the tone of games. Um, he understands, you know, that's a veteran kind of guy. So, you know, and again, I, I know that <clears throat> the similarities in size and, and the weight and all that kind of stuff isn't there with Delandria, but that's why for some reason I always gravitate to Brendan Morrow and man, if he could turn into a Brendan Morrow, which I think everybody would hope so, uh, he's going to have a hell of a career. Um, so, but yeah, Wayne Simmons is a better guy. You know, he's a 20 to 25 goal scorer. And and the way that he scored a lot of his goals is nobody wanted to confront him when he was in front of the net. I mean, he went there to fight for space literally and figuratively um at times and you knew what was going to happen when you played against that kind of guy so he created his own kind of space and then on top of it he had a pretty good set of hands as far as finishing the goals and then the final minute it's opening day today it's always a really cool day here in dfw and around the country i wanted to ask you for hockey's sake was opening day different for you opening night i should say was there more juice in the legs? Were there more nerves? Uh, you know, no, I think like everything else, it's just, it, I mean, obviously as a rookie, yes, but um, no. Okay. <clears throat> I, I think, honestly, I think that uh, the older that you got or even you get three, four, five years down the road, you're going, oh, man, there's 81 games after this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. <clears throat> Because you're always looking forward to the playoffs. And, and I think that... I, I think if there was a if there was a marker, like I said, it was always like the half halfway point of the season, uh, and you knew that you know half of the season was in the rearview mirror. You're getting now you're starting to look up towards playoff time, and then you'd get in between that twenty and fifteen game mark, 
um, where you're kind of mentally and 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 you're really focused on the start of playoffs you know, and positioning and things like that. Former Dallas star traded to Calgary, Jerome Aginla. That's a pretty good example. Could score. Um, wanted to drop it, the gloves. Is, but now, now you've gone. <clears throat> now you've gone to a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> I have. You're right. You're again. Right. You're 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 putting some high expectations on <sighs> Ty Delandria right now. Oh man, I always feel so good on Mondays and Fridays when I do this podcast. I'm like, all right, we're dropping some serious knowledge. And then when I do this, with I, you, I, I don't feel know like why you got to keep screwing around with different different guys to compare. I gave you the best one, Brendan Morrow. If he can turn into a Brendan Morrow, all right. I mean. <laughs> there you go. I no, I like that. That's great. I I agree. Same number. Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You the man, Craig. Uh I love you. I know you won't say it back. And uh thanks as always for uh joining us on Spits and Suds. Give a plug uh, to your uh podcast real quick. What about my podcast? Well, you don't want Yeah, you don't want to plug it. Okay. Well, yeah, I I'm going to I'm going to talk about it, but you're going to take the I love you part out as soon as we're off. You can go in there and edit that part nope, out. Nope. Nope. So, uh no, we, uh this week I I had Mo on. He was great. Had had Mike on uh yesterday. Uh it went kind of long. We went about an hour and a half, but Mo Mo's always good. Um you know, we we had some we had a good chat. You know, we talked about Obviously, it's great. Well, one of the things I did not know, Mike Madonna did not have a pair of skates on before he was seven, eight years old. Wow. Yeah. You know, in today's day, that that's that's kind of out of the norm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of kids that, I mean, they come out of the womb and they got blades on some of them, you know, and so Mo, Mo strapped him on. He was just over seven years old and, you know, played for Little Caesars. And then he went to, went and played for former assistant coach, Rick Wilson. And, uh, so we talked about his career and, you know, the ups and downs, and he was very candid on some things. Talked to him about the, you know, the, the captain C and, you know, speaking of Brendan Morrow and the C was passed on yeah. to, uh, to Brendan. And he was very candid about that. He was very candid about um, the last year in Dallas here where he was not offered a contract and what he's doing with the Minnesota wild. So <clears throat> did he know, talk about gonna... his like wanting to come back and work for the Dallas stars? Uh, well, you know, you know what? I think for Mike, that, that was a, that was a thing that was touchy, you know, it was, it was tough for him, but he's, you know, he's very good friends. Um, Craig Leopold, the owner in Minnesota, uh, is very fond of Mike. They've got a good relationship there. Uh, he's, he knows Dean Evanson. Um, he's got a good role with, and it's actually being a little bit expanded for, for what he was doing. And I think, um, he, I I think for Mike, it's a, you know, listen, I said this about hall of fame guys my whole time and on all the great players there's a reason very few of the hall of fame guys that are the best in this game don't get into the other side of the game get into coaching or scouting or any of that other kind of stuff because my opinion is the this game came so well coming from me it came easy for these guys they were gifted to play this game it was fun for them they didn't have to work to stay in lineups all this other kind of stuff you know, they could put in the two and a half to three hours a day and then go home, do their thing. Um, you get into the other side of the business of the game. It, it's not three hours a day. It's 12, 14 hours a day. And I think this is a perfect gig for what Mike's going on. They 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 knock on his door and ask him for input on certain players and, you know, all the other things that are involved with him. Um, he does want to start to travel a little bit more with the team. Um, that's probably because he has five kids. So, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'll, it was I'll, a good talk. That's good. That's good. That's good. So check out uh, Craig's conversation with Mike Madano. I'll say this. If they can have a Pecorine statue, not to take anything away from the Nashville goaltender, I think they can have a Mike Madano statue. Uh, listen, we, we touched on that. I brought up the Novitsky Way sign. Yeah. I'm like, I think there could be a Madonna sign yeah, here. I agree. On an alley. Like, see, I'd, I'd get a name like on a back alley on some dirty, the lights <laughs> have been shot out, there's garbage cans tipped over. That would be, that would be the. But the that would Lud be stuff. perfect for you. I know. I Lud's would, Way. I would, and I could just get my cardboard box and I'd feel right at home. <laughs> <laughs> you the man, Craig. And thanks to everyone right. for listening to Spits and Suds. Uh, always uh, great to uh, talk Dallas Stars hockey and NHL hockey. And we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Sean Shapiro right here on Spits and Suds. Have a great opening day, everyone.